You're listening to a sermon from Iron City Church. For unity, for diversity, for the city, and for the glory of God. Father, we thank you for the gift that your spirit is in all of us and your word is in all of us. And we can all speak and edify each other and build each other up. Lord, we thank you that we can learn from your word. We thank you for your word. Where would we be without your word? Where would we be without your counsel, without your church, without our sisters, without our brothers? Where would we be? Lord, we come to give you thanks tonight. We come to pause and recognize you're so good to us. These testimonies are such a testament like Joe just talked about. They're so powerful. You're so good to us. You've been so good to us for such a long time. And you promised to be good to us forever. Lord, we pray that we would continue learning. And as our sister just called us, that we would stand up. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, and help us with this word. Amen. Beloved, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1. It's on page 906 of those black Bibles around you. It's page 906. If you don't own a Bible, please feel free to take that one as a gift from us to you. We'd love for you to have it. 2 Corinthians is quickly becoming one of my favorite books in the Bible. Now, this was one of the Paul's letters to a church in city called Corinth, a church that had a lot of issues, but a church God loved nonetheless. And I thought it'd be useful to look at a verse in 2 Corinthians as our church embarks upon prayer meetings. You know, that's what we just did. We were here to pray. But if you're anything like me, you might wonder, is prayer really that big of a deal? Is it really that important that we should bag community groups for a week and gather outside of Sunday to pray? Aren't there lots of other good things we could be doing right now? Well, the answer is yes, to be sure. And nonetheless, what we find in the scriptures is that for believers, prayer was not the last resort, but the first resort and the best resort, the most powerful resort. And tonight, I want to remind you of that simple truth, beloved, over these next few moments. When speaking of his church's special prayer meetings, Charles Spurgeon, a famous 19th century pastor, said, Prayer in the church is the steam engine which makes the wheels revolve and really does the work. And therefore, we cannot do without it. Is Mr. Spurgeon right? Let's see for ourselves. We're in 2 Corinthians 1. Let's start reading in verse 3. Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. Okay, so Paul is talking about affliction, about trials, and he even goes on to talk about His own trials, rather than bottle them up, he makes his needs and hardships known. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. 
For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. God will give you more than you can handle sometimes. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. All right. So Paul sees a redemptive aspect to his suffering. He sees that God uses his suffering to make him rely on God. On God who raises the dead. But beloved, isn't this what makes the good news of Jesus good? The fact that God is stronger than death. Like the death we deserve for our sins. The the death Jesus endured in our place on the cross for our sins. But three days later, God raised the dead, Jesus. And if you leave your sins and trust in Jesus, you too will know this resurrection power. And one day you will fully know that power. But... Paul, like the people he's writing to, are not at that resurrection day yet. Now, Paul's in a world of trials, real trials, hard trials. And though he sees these trials through a redemptive lens, I don't think Paul just slaps some theology on his problems and says, All right, God used this suffering to make me rely on him. Problem solved. No, Paul recognized, even after God's deliverance, that he still needed help. Endurance, encouragement, and what does he do to get that help? Does he give more money to the church? Does he start working really hard and try to, make, to take matters into his own hands? No, he Ask for prayer. For prayer. Look at verse 11. Paul writes to the Corinthians saying, you also must, after after saying all that about God and his power and his deliverance, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Beloved, Paul is writing saying, we're going through some hard stuff. And if we're going to get through it, if this ministry is going to succeed, we need y'all to pray for us. And if y'all do pray, we have more occasion to thank God when he answers those prayers, and I'm confident he will answer. Friends, Paul understands that the prayers of God's people moves God's hand to act for his people, to save his people, to deliver his people, to help his people. Okay, so I was having lunch today with Michael Andrudeski, former elder of ICC. Now lives in Trustville. I did not mean the hand wave, sorry, but he lives in Trustville. Michael was sharing about his time at ICC and said when he first came a few years ago, you know, he was in the 99th percentile of people over the age of 40. Michael is a numbers guy, so I trust his math. And he asked me humbly, is it, still, is it still like that? Or are there still only a few people who are more sage in life? 
And I thought for a second, and I said, well, not really. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still skew young. And all the sages said amen. But there's the Shacklefords and the Meadows and the Quedons and Ellen Ling and the Robillards. Robillards, Mike says hi. I mean, I could keep going. And what dawned on me is that sometimes to get certain demographics, churches with the best of intentions do some really gimmicky and frankly weird things to draw people. Let's start this campaign and that campaign. And maybe there's a place for that, truly. But I fear that ultimately that stuff can be striving in the flesh. Like we can figure this out on our own. No need to ask for help which is ultimately nothing but self-reliance. Whereas ICC, by God's grace, I feel like God gave us grace to start praying for more sage members, and he answered that prayer and is still answering that prayer. We ought to give him thanks. And so, beloved, I don't have a complicated word tonight. I have a simple one. Like Paul, we want to share our needs. That's what we were just doing, sharing our needs. We want to share our needs and about them which is to say we want to cast our burdens on the Lord we want to rely on him together y'all saw in the manifold it's one thing for Mabel to cry it is another thing for Mabel Teddy Avid all to cry out at once amen Megan I mean it's just when all the kids cry it's a different thing we want to rely on God together he is our only hope if we're going to do church, like do it for real, like if sinners, sinners, sinners are going to love each other and bear with each other, forgive each other, rebuke each other, forgive each other some more, forgive, rebuke, forgive, 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 forgive. If we're going to do that, we need divine help. Divine help. And that help is available. If we would but ask. Marvin, you, or one of you, someone who prayed earlier, you're up in my notes. You have not because you ask not, James writes. Beloved, let's be a church that asks, that does not mind pouring our prayer into the ear of heaven, no matter the hour. A church that grabs the throne of grace and says, God, we will not let go until you bless us. A church that recognizes that unless God builds the house, we sang it earlier, those who labor, labor in vain. And so we're asking the builder, the builder, the carpenter whom we've met in Mark, our friend Jesus, Iron City Church, you love what you said, Ellen. It's not my job. It's not just Dustin's job, not just Cam's job, not just Elle's job, not just LeBay's job, other staff, I don't see you, but whatever. It's not just the staff's job. Not just the elder's job, not just the deacon's job. You must also help us by prayer. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. You must also help us by our prayer so that we might thank Jesus. More we, more we pray, more we have opportunity to thank because we want to thank Jesus because at the end of the day, it is all about the friend friend we have in him. That's it. Let's pray.
Father. I'm just really grateful for this time tonight to share testimonies, to hear what you're teaching us, to hear that you're with us, to hear what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. Father, if we're going to remain faithful like Ellen just called us to, we need your help. The elders are not godly enough to hold this church down without your help. The deacons are not godly enough to serve this church without your help. The members are not godly enough to keep this church faithful without your help. So we're coming as your children asking you for help. Like a toddler, ask their parents for help. Here we are, Lord. So help us, help us in ways we don't even need or even, even realize we need to be helped in. Help us, Lord, to minister across lines of division so this, this city could see that the gospel really is real and powerful. Lord, help us in ways we don't want to be helped. Disrupt us, Lord, where we need to be disrupted. And as Paul prayed, Lord, you are the God of all comfort. Comfort us where we need to be comforted. We ask this for your help in your son's name, pleading his blood. Amen.